Rants Media, and welcome back to the Rutgers Rant. Joined as always, Keith Sargent, James Cratch. Fellas, we're going to have a lot of time to cover everything. We've got a, a whole ton of stuff. The Maryland game, Nunzio, the, Bla- the Blackshear redshirt issue, of course, the coaching search. I wanted to start this Rutgers rant, though, with a little rant, if that's appropriate. And uh, uh, bear with me. It may take a minute. But I woke up on Sunday morning, right? I want to get this, want to get the whole Rutgers experience out of my head. I drive to my neighborhood bagel store. I buy a bagel, you know, get the, the scrambled eggs, bacon, get my bagel, turn around, and there's a guy there. And the first thing the guy, of course, says is, hey, how about Rutgers, huh? And I'm in that position where, okay, well, I've got to go through the whole thing again and explain what happened at the Rutgers game in Maryland. And, and before you know it, I've got like three other people at the bagel store who want to hear the same story about what happened at Rutgers. And, you know, oh, this is crazy. What? Oh, my gosh. I finally extricate myself from that conversation, get in the car, drive to MetLife Stadium, my next my next gig, covering Giants, Vikings. All right, definitely get to this. No Rutgers here. Get in the elevator at MetLife Stadium, get out in the press box, walk into the press box. The first person I see in the press box is, of course, hey, what about Rutgers, huh? And the point of this, there's a point to the story, I swear. The point of this story is it was at this moment, as I'm again telling the story, of what happened at Rutgers against Maryland. And this, like, this is the same thing that happens every week that it just dawned on me that this is what it's like to be a Rutgers fan. I mean, and I'm not talking about like the casual people who go to a game every couple of years. I mean, like the people who listen to this podcast and I just, it just, it just struck me how, and I just feel sorry for all of you that this is like, you know, you identify yourself with this team and then you have like, you know, this terrible thing happened every Saturday. And I'm sure when you go to work and you plug in your laptop and you get your cup of coffee, there's some guy in the cubicle next to you, who looks who looks over the cubicle wall and says, "Hey, what happened to Rutgers?" I mean, Sarge, you know what I'm talking about there. I, mean, did, did, did I, I, I do, and in some ways, I mean, it just speaks to. Well, we've talked about this before. I think of a guy like Greg Brown, right? And Greg Brown Greg is Brown. obviously you know, enormously uh, influential at Rutgers. You know, he's donated a ton of money. You know, his yeah. name is on the locker room. The guy is enormously successful as the chairman of Motorola. You know, $7 billion company, right? He served on the advisory committees for both Obama and George W. Bush. You know, the guy, by any measure, he's made it in life. And yet, he's, you know, he's obviously known as, you know, the the guy who's influencing Rutgers. And, you know, so I I just, to that point, I I can imagine him going to the water cooler today, you know, with that clock on, you know, water bottle, you know, going over, like, and then all of a sudden, you know, some Ed from account accounting. Oh you know, Ed, who's obviously a pencil for Ed. Goes, hey, Greg, how about Rutgers? What happened to Maryland? Penn State beat Maryland nothing the week before. What happened? And you know, and obviously, Greg, you know, as powerful as he is, he probably fired Ed from accounting. Accounting, but it's true. Like you know, the like people are pissed. It's. And, you know, and to that point, like we're we're associated with it, and like I, I went to a uh, a party on Saturday night, like a you know a fire pit, you know, in laws, and I just wanted to turn my phone off and just talk about life, you know. Let's talk about like, and for the first forty five minutes, I had to recap everything that you know is Shiano coming, is you know what's going on, what happened, and like I just I don't want to talk about. It. I just want to can we talk about what you do, like, you know. It's tough, man. It's, it's really, really rough. Greg Brown, a high achieving per- How about Jeff and Amy Towers? They're at, they're saving, they're literally, these people are saving the black rhinoceros from extinction. And I, they're doing these, these like, humanitarian work 
And so someplace they go, they go to Kohl's or something, and someone recognizes them, and they're like, the same thing. Hey, what happened to Rutgers? I mean, it's, I just felt, I think, I just felt, I don't, you know, and I'm not making light of it, because I really do just feel sorry for people who, you know, live and breathe this and have to go through this every week. And Cratch, how are you? <laughs> I mean, here's the deal. Uh, they stink. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, but they're, they're just, they're not a good football team. They're horrible and they're not going to win another game. But other than that, but, hey, but, what do you do? But crap, you've only been on it for two years. And like Politi and I have been like uh, associated with it for, for, for 20 years. And it's just, I, I, I just, we're not fans. Yeah, you guys got to go to the quick lane ball. I mean, we did. Know, I don't know how we, that happened. We go to, but, <laughs> but I do. I do feel your pain. I, I do feel your pain, Rutgers. Yeah, really, we don't say that enough. You, uh, you guys out there, in, in the, I know the diehards among the diehards or li- people listening to this show. I just want to say that I, I, for a moment there, I said to myself, oh, my gosh, this must be what, what your world is like. And I apologize for that. All right, let's, let's dive into football. Thanks for being patient for my rant. Lots of stuff, a lot of news out of today, the news conference. Um, so it seems like, you know, that the whole, the, the, obviously the raging controversy with the red shirts and Raheem Blackshear's decision to, to, uh, not play in that game against Maryland. You know, now it's, a, is it, is it an open end question about what's going to happen with him, Cratch? I mean, like, it seems like Nunzio Campanile left that, left that door ajar that he might come back. What's, uh, what's the latest here? Yeah, so we just had the press conference on Monday, and Nunzio's response was he hopes to kind of have a plan and an answer by the time they hit the field for practice on Tuesday. The team just has off Monday. So my my interpretation of reading between the lines of what Nunzio said is that either Blackshear is going to be out there, and if he's going to be out there, I guess maybe he's going to play this year. And if he's not out there, then maybe he's not. I think that that was the vibe I got. I think it's very clear from what he said after the game on Saturday and today at the press conference that he treats Art's red shirt contemplation and Blackshear's red shirt contemplation, I guess, as two separate issues. Mm -hmm. Um, He seems to be a little bit more supportive of Art's decision than Blackshear's. And I get the feeling that he wants to have this settled one way or the other by Tuesday, as he said. Now we just have to get there to practice. It is first hour is open to the reporters. Um, the head coach doesn't usually speak on Tuesday, but I get the feeling that Nunzio probably will speak on Tuesday if there's some sort of resolution either way, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll go from there. Do you agree with that, Sars? That that those two situations between Arthur Sikowski and Blackshear should be different? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of gray in both, but I think you na- nailed it. I mean, I think from the standpoint of we'll get to Blackshear uh, first. Yeah, he's obviously thinking that he has a pro future. He's right at that cutoff, and whether people are telling him or, or – or, like, he's concerned about his future. He thinks it, is, uh, it could possibly be the best man- maneuver. From a Sikowski standpoint, it's even deeper, I think, because, you know, John McNulty was a guy who recruited him. Uh, uh, Chris Ash was a guy who recruited him, but John McNulty pretty much turned him into a Big Ten caliber quarterback. He was morphing into a Big Ten caliber quarterback. The system's completely different than the one that he was running the week before – Completely something that he, you know, he's not the right fit for, and he's right on the threshold as well. I don't blame either of them. I think there's some gray area. I can understand the Rutgers uh, uh, fan standpoint that, uh, especially when it comes to Blackshear, you know, you're the captain, 
uh, you know, this is a you know team sport. I get all that. I just think that there's a lot of gray area, and you know, I, to to paint them with the same brush is is difficult. Right, and the idea that that Nunzio should have kicked a lot of fans. I mean, so irate that they thought they should have been kicked off the team, kicked off the sideline, not been there. I mean, I think this is obviously what's going on. Why they, you know, why Nunzio is smart enough to you know keep the options open and say what he said without uh, without overreacting to it. Steve, um, I'll I'll also say about Art. You know, Sarge is right. This runs deeper than. I mean, let's go back to training camp. Mm-hmm. They. Had this kid have a horrible freshman year, take all those hits, go through all those struggles. Then they pushed him to the side because Chris Ash was trying to save his job by bringing in, you know, the grad transfer quarterback from Texas Tech, who, by the way, we're never going to see again. And I, so then you said, okay, the plan is for red, Art to redshirt. Then Carter gets hurt and they go back to Art and then they fire the coach and the offensive coordinator. And look, Nunzio has a mandate from Pat Hobbs, so you can't fault him for this. And then he goes in and basically changes the offense to be something Art really isn't equipped to run. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what do you want the kid to do? You jerk the kid around so many different ways. It's tough. Um, you know, like, I go back to the, the infamous quote Ash had on the that when BTN came to visit training camp in 2018. You know, I hope I don't screw Art up. Well, Chris Ash and a lot of other people they've done their damnedest to screw Art up, and he still has a viable future. So of course he should protect that. Right. Duke, the, obviously the quarterback going forward is Johnny Langan. Uh, you know, what we saw, I think we all three of us agreed. We saw, what we thought we'd see a, a, a very good athlete, a guy who opens up another dimension in the, in the RPO and the running pass option game. And, and, uh, but we also saw a guy that when he had to drop back and, 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 you know, try to hit receivers, the accuracy on his throws was not great. Is there hope Crash, do you think in another week of, of practice that, you know, they can continue to build a system around him or, you know, is this kind of it? <laughs> I, I tend to think, I mean, I'm sure there are some improvements they could make. There are some things they can add in, maybe some wrinkles, but I tend to think this is kind of it. I think Johnny throws the ball pretty well when he's on the move. You know, he had a couple of nice throws. I mean, that, that shot down the field to Washington for like 37 yards was his best throw. Uh, he seemed to have some nice touch in that fade to the end zone, kind of put it in a place where either Washington was going to catch it or it was going to fall incomplete. Mm-hmm. I just think they're going to have to do a lot of RPOs, a lot of play action, a lot of get him rolling out and moving. But I think the big key is, and I haven't crunched all the numbers, he was pretty effective when it was like, you know, second and five, you know, third and four. They can't be in third and longs because that's just not really what he's equipped to do. And I think I get the feeling that Nunzio Campanelli has an understanding of what he can and cannot do and knows how to tailor it to him. But yeah, I mean, the arm strength, his arm strength is not what Arts is. I mean, look at the flea flicker throw. It was underthrown. You know, Bo Melton made a nice play while being interfered with to come back and catch the ball. Um, they can do some things, but I just think this is not going to be a chunk play offense. They might get a couple of big plays here and there. They're not going to get a lot of them. And at some point, opposing defenses are going to figure this out. Right. And once yeah. they figure it out, and if there's no Blackshear, and they take away, they're going to take away Langan's running ability. And then I don't really know where Rutgers goes from there. I think yeah. there's only so many counter moves they can kind of pull with the personnel they have. Yeah, and the concern there, obviously, he's also putting the ball in jeopardy of being picked off. Yes, uh, I, I he's think in jeopardy. Yeah, exactly. He's in jeopardy of getting hurt. I mean, that's another. He took a, a, you know, you did in the film review a couple of hits that were just like, ooh, that's not going to, you know, before you know, we've got, you know, <laughs> I mean, the quarterback room, it's it's just kind of insane. And, you know, when you lose Carter McClain, we can talk about that a little bit, Sarge. And now you've got, I mean, you've got Langan 
a true freshman, Cole Snyder, and a walk-on. I mean, it's just that's crazy for a Division One program. I mean, what what is he going to do if there's an injury, Sarge? Yeah, that's a great question because when you think about it, um, Cole Snyder and I, I re- talked about it a little bit uh, during the spring. He, you know, surprised some people. You know, I mean, kid, uh, you know, worked. He was the last guy on the practice field. All the good things that you really want to see from a developing quarterback. That being said, mm-hmm. he was recruited as a pro-style guy. He was not yeah. a Fred guy, and there's a big difference. To, to expect him, to expect any true freshman uh, to, to step in and, and, and play, you know, well in Big Ten games is, is asking a lot. We saw a, a year ago. But to, to ask a kid who has no experience with, with what they're running, uh, this offense, is it, almost unfathomable. Beyond that, and again, for the second time, he, he hinted at it. You know, we're going to see Isaiah Pacheco running a Wildcat. That's what we're going to be seeing. Yeah. And if it was 2014, 2015, when <laughs> – the Wildcat was all the rage, you know, then I would say, oh, okay, well, maybe they, but now everyone prepares for it. The Maryland coach spent the week leading in, in, into that game uh, getting tape of Bergen Catholic in, the, the, in order to find out, figure out, and they, they figured out how to stop Rutgers and they adjusted after the first drive. So, you know, the opposing defenses, you know, are going to figure it out. Um, it's just not a, a, a bright future for uh, when it comes to the quarterback position for Rutgers. All right, so um, we know that the only thing you, you guys want to talk about is the coaching search. <laughs> My question is, is is there a search yet? I mean, it's just it just seemed like we you know Chris Ash got canned, and we all expected something. You know, Hobbs had his press conference. We all expected something to to happen, and here we are now, a week later, and I don't know that anything has. <laughs> Am I wrong, Sarge? Is, is there something behind the scenes that's going on? I mean, what's what is your reporting telling you? Yeah. At the moment, yeah. Um, well, first off, two things. One, uh, Pat Hobbs, uh, he, he kind of stumbled on it uh, during the press conference where he said uh, um, there won't be a search committee, and then he he, uh, he was referring to they are hiring a search firm, which is what they did last time. Uh, they've done with, with basketball; uh, it's almost standard operating procedure now. Uh, you hire a search firm. Bob Bodine was the one who handled the last time, and what they do is they vet the candidates and they they, they serve as like the the you know the liaison for for coaches and agents to to reach out to show in, interest and then they bring the names to Pat Hobbs. They will do that. One of the greatest scams in college athletics. It is. is what we're, we're, but, yeah, you and I. Yeah, let's call it what it is. With Lexus yeah. Nexus and with our, you know, we could we could handle that. <laughs> I'll probably charge him. You know, do you need Greg's cell phone? I've got it, Pat. I can text it to you. I'm sorry. All right, meet your so, right, so, but that, they're doing that this week. They're doing that this week. Uh, in the meantime. Uh, my understanding is Pat Hobbs, again, not doing a search committee, but he is talking to a lot of people. He's talking to a lot of boosters. He's talking to a lot of high school coaches. Um, he's talking to some f- former Rutgers players. Um, he's doing that type of work uh, to say, look, as any uh, AD would tell you, that they have a, 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 you know, a list in their back pocket. Pat Hobbs does. Uh, most of the names who, who we reported initially are on that. Um, I will have more reporting this week uh, with a few more names. But we're, again, we are only week two in this. And I, 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 I will leave off with this. Nunzio Campanelli does have a chance to retain the job. You'd have to win probably three or four games. Uh, it is doable. But so far, there, people are impressed by what Nunzio has been doing. They think that he represents the program well. They obviously know he can recruit. Uh, he does have a chance, so I wouldn't count him out. But Again, we're only in week two of this. I think uh, we're, we're really not going to know until probably November, uh, maybe even late November, you know, how this is going to all pan out. Right. Is that, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, Cratch, it just seems like we're 
uh, if you're going to make the move in September to fire your coach and then you're just you're going to kind of drag this thing. I get it. The, the coaches are, are, are busy at work. Um, but isn't there something, isn't there something else that they could do? <laughs> what do you think? What's your, what's your take on what's going on? Yeah, I don't know what they can do. I mean, I, I think it comes to this point, like they had to fire Chris Ash. I just yeah. think people didn't want to look at him anymore and they should have fired him back last year, but they didn't. So uh, they're kind of in this, this tough place where I, I think that they, they had to make a move, but it's not ideal to have this much of a season left, you know, this long of a, a runway. I mean, you know, I, I think Deco with says, you know, people like Nunzio. They like what he's done. Um, he, you know, he's kind of a breath of fresh air at the podium. You know, he's a transparent, you know, likable head football coach, which is something they really haven't had in a while. But the, the idea that he's going to win three or four football games. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just don't see that happening. No. So I think that at some point I would expect maybe at, at the second bye week, things probably really start to ramp up. Because at that point, you probably know, okay, Nunzio's done it, done a great job, done everything he can, but he, is not really going to be in the mix here. So now we can maybe sort of start to expedite looking for an outside candidate. All right. Let's dive into true or false. You guys know how it works. i give you a statement. You tell me true or false, and we'll discuss all of them at the end. All right. True or false. Rutgers will win another game this year. Cratch, true or false? False. Sarge? True. Oh, boy. Uh, true or false. The grad transfer route produces more duds then studs. Two of them in the news today. Cratch, true or false? True. Sarge? Take out the grad part, and it's true, but the grad part is absolutely true, but the transfer, um, and we've talked about this before, both are true. True. All right. Bo Melton should move to running back. Cratch, true or false? True. (laughs) I stole this from the film review, folks. Uh, Sarge, true or false? I mean, I I didn't know what to do last week, last Monday, after the Michigan game, the day after, there was a lot going on, but we didn't have the film review. I was going for it. We got it today. It was like, I didn't need my cup of coffee. I was so uh, energized. Got it straight to my veins. My my answer is false. I think he's a wide receiver. Uh, True or false? Turns out Chris Ash's coaching was actually holding the defense together. True or false? Scratch. False. Sarge? False. I look pretty bad uh, Saturday. All right, true or false, former players will have a powerful influence on the coaching search. Cratch, true or false? I think they'll have an influence, but powerful seems a little strong. I'll say false. Okay. Sarge? Uh, false. Agree with Cratch. Attend- at- right. Attendance bottomed out against Maryland. It cannot get worse. Cratch, true or false? False. Oh, it can get worse. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> a capital false. Holy. True or false? Ohio State's going to win the Natty. True or false? Scratch. Uh, false. Sarge? False. All right. So let's go. One thing I want to go back to. Now, I, honestly, I, I brought put that in there because I thought that, you know, it, the defense against Maryland was just atrocious. And it seemed like Andy Boo defensive coordinator who came here as Chris Ash's buddy and now four games later, Chris Ash is gone, uh, was dialed up a more aggressive defense that this team could not, uh, you know, account for. I mean, it's just it, the, the receivers running wide open, running backs taking one cut and going going all to the end zone. I mean, Cratch, well, you, you, do you really think that, the, that, that that didn't have something to do with it, the fact that there was a new person uh, calling the defense? It's tough for me because – Last year, Maryland did the same thing. 
you know, so I feel like we need we need more than one game to kind of assess yeah. the the impact of Ash's loss, just because Maryland just has dudes that Rutgers does not have. Yeah. You know, they cannot match up with. And I thought, yeah, they they blitzed more. You know, Andy Boo, you know, he he was everything. You know, every big plays can't happen. We're doing nothing different. Looked to me like they were bringing a lot more pressure with blitzes and had more of a four three look. Uh, this past week than they've had under Ash. Uh, he said it wasn't different. I, I would beg to disagree. But, you know, after that one, the first play, you know, a, you know after they get the ADR touchdown, the first defensive play of the game, they played pretty well until it just kind of wore down. So mm-hmm. I do wonder is if they can get more consistency and kind of eliminate some of those big plays. And, you know, Indiana, I don't know if they have the quite the – Indiana has to be a very difficult team to defend. Remember last year they played that soft zone, and Peyton Ramsey just shredded them. Um, but they don't hasn't have those game breakers, you know, skill players that Maryland has. So I, I think there's a chance that the defense could be a smidge better with Andy Boo if he's going to blitz more and kind of tailor things to his personnel more. It's always felt like Chris Ash was, you know, square peg and round hole. Like, this is what I ran at Ohio State. I'm going to make these kids run, even though they're not physically able to. Do right, it right. Uh, sorry, you know, you, so you we mentioned the grad transfer route, and obviously it's not just McLean Carter; it's the tight end from Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, it you know that, and I think that does speak to the whole as they're rebuilding this thing. Just a reminder that you know there's not going to be any quick fixes for the next guy. I mean, what, what's what's your thought on 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 that? Yeah, I, I said it. Uh, you know, as it pertains to the, the the normal transfer when they transfer from Michigan or yeah. when they transfer from any you know Power Five, people are like, oh wow, look, you know this kid was talented enough. Well, th- th- that program is, is not letting out you know, a player who they really want, you know, you know, generally speaking. And we, 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 they never the, the success rate is is normally pretty poor when it comes to you know, those players really panning out and becoming like big time difference makers. As it pertains to the grant transfer, uh, we've seen now like it had, they haven't really had a whole lot of success. I'm just you know, uh, you know, they, believe it or not, like at the punter position. Or kicker is where they've had the most success, where, where guys like Ryan Anderson and Andrew Hart and those types of guys. But you know, from a normal position player, you know, they, they don't really you know seem to tan, uh, pan out very well. And you both agreed that the former players will have influence, but not powerful influence. And I, you know, I asked that specifically because I know if they did have uh, powerful influence, we might have a resolution sooner than later. It does seem like several former players have have you know made it clear they would they you know there's a reason why they would want to have Greg Shiano back. And then there's the benefit of having that because these guys are in the NFL, so they're making some change. Um, you know, should Pat Hobbs Cratch listen to the listen to the McCordy? Should they listen to you know g- the guys who are playing on Sundays? I think they should. Um, you know, I think uh, because here's the thing: we've seen other programs, like for instance, Pitt, Aaron yeah. Donald donating a seven figure facility, you know, or a seven figure gift toward a facility. You know, Aaron Rodgers, I think at Cal. You know, I mean, and I, you've heard this past like. You have had all these players who are now having success in the NFL or guys like the McCordys, Logan Ryan, who, you know, have been prominent players in the NFL. They're kind of reaching, you know, the natural endpoint to their careers in the next couple of years. You're going to want those guys to not only have roles with you in your program and around your program going forward, you're going to hope that maybe those guys start to give back. And I think the best way to kind of build that relationship is to listen to them on a football subject, which they should know something about. All right, that's a good natural segue into the new feature, the Greg Schiano Rumor of the Week. 
Cratch, you say we have two Greg Shannon? Yeah, we have two. This is exciting. I don't know what they are. I, this is going to be a new review. What do we got? Okay, so let me get this up. I want to find the exact date. Okay, so on uh, 9.30, I think that was Monday, Tuesday? I forget. Anyway, 7.03 p.m. I, at a, a 7 o'clock p.m., a tweet comes across to me. Hearing Shiano's son is back at St. Joe's in Metuchen and moving back to Jersey. Hmm. To which I responded, Greg's sons are all in college. (laughs) That would be a step back for that poor kid. So there is no truth in the rumor that one of Greg Shiano's sons has returned to high school in (laughs) Metuchen, New Jersey, Uh, or wherever the school is located. All right. Rumor number two. What's next? Rumor number two was I got a text from actually one of our Project Tech subscribers who I happen to know outside the texting service, who told me, you know, credible source, former player says Greg Shiano was spotted on campus Ooh. today. Okay. To which I said, Greg was not on campus today. And I believe a day later, that rumor that hit the message board saying Greg was, and there was like a 12 thread, 12 page thread about whether or not Greg was snuck onto campus onto for campus. various reasons. Right. So, Two rumors. And the best part about the first rumor was when I responded to the person like, no, Greg's kids are in college. He said, maybe it was flood sudden that came back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, close enough, right? Put on the list. <laughs> sure. Why not? Uh, wait. All right. Well, we've, we've talked about uh, Greg a lot. And I thought that that game that I wrote about it was just, you know, another example of why. You know, you need a guy like him who can uh, upgrade the level of talent. And I, I think, you know, there's so much mental gymnastics going on, Sarge, about, you know, why he shouldn't be a kind of my, I love like, oh, he couldn't be West Virginia in 2000. Okay, well, you know what? Who cares? You can't beat anybody now. I mean, just what about the offensive system he's going to run? Just a lot of people who are coming up with these. I'm using the dumb voice a lot, aren't I, in this podcast? A lot of people are coming up with these, uh, you know, reasons not to hire him. Um you think anything has moved since we've talked last about him or, we, you know, just because the search hasn't begun that we're still in the holding pattern with, uh, with Greg. You're starting to sound like Ed from accounting, by the way. I mean, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> um, do, I don't think so. I mean, I yeah. think Pat Hobbs, my, my understanding is, you know, that Greg will, will be in it till the end. Um, and I think that Pat, Pat Hobbs by all indication is going to, um, try to get as many names as possible and engage as much interest, knowing that Greg could be out there at the end. Um, people will have different opinions on it. Uh, you, you mentioned in your column, I've heard other, uh, you know, valid reporting that, that they don't want to work for each other. Um, I think it's going to be, ask me in, in November whether or not this is going to get done. Um, early, by all indications, we're in the first week of October. Um, it doesn't look good. If I was a betting man, I would I, I wouldn't bet on, on on Pat Hobbs and Graciano working together. But um, you know, things have a habit of you know there there are other forces involved, and you know, I, I, nothing would surprise me at this point. But at this point, um, it's a long way from happening. Other forces, including people who write the seven-figure checks, that's the other, those are the other forces. So yep. it's going to be, yeah. I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see if there's movement there because uh, it's going to be, uh, no matter what, no matter who he comes up with, other than that name, it's going to be uh, his name. That name is going to be there to the end. You're right. All right, let's dive into the project text questions. As always, that the the the, the Rutgers Insider program has been buzzing. 
Um, just a bunch of stuff going on there. Text is ba text back and forth. Sign up ng.com slash text uh, and join us in there. And we took, uh, I mean, I just too many questions as always to answer, but I've got about eight of them. So let's go. Uh, the first one, why do I feel like I am the only one who thinks Al Golden, Golden is a viable candidate? Is he a viable candidate? Pro and cons. Cratch, I mean, I, I guess last time you weren't here for the search, but I mean, that was the first name. He had just gotten done with Miami. It was the first name that came up and it was quickly dismissed. I don't think, I don't think he blew anybody away with his interview. You know, so I mean, what's changed in, in three and a half years that he would be a guy now? Do you think, you, would you make him a viable candidate? I would. And the reason why is, and I go back to a conversation I had one time with a high school coach um, who coaches at a, a small school. Not a ter not a state power in any way. I mean, this, this guy's not Nunzio when Nunzio was at BC, and he got hired. And like the day after he got hired, his phone rings. It's a Philadelphia area number he doesn't recognize. It's Al Golden, who's at Temple, calling to congratulate them. Yeah, yeah. You know, Al Golden was a guy who had relationships seeming with all the New Jersey high school coaches. Um, and one of the things that I always struck me is a lot of public school coaches that I spoke to felt that Chris Ash didn't really pay attention to them or care about them. You know, he was very kind of tunnel focused on the big parochial schools and, you know, the, the, the big, you know, kind of, you know, schools that churn out talent year in and year out at the public school level. Um, Al Golden's a guy who I think might be able to unite all of those factions. That's another thing too. Like I was speaking to a, a, a you know, a big tennis coach um, from another school who said something, you know, in New Jersey, we always talk about you got to get New Jersey kids home. You got to unite New Jersey. Well, there's different New Jerseys. There's like North Jersey. There's South Jersey. You know, Al's from, you know, the Jersey Shore area. So that's one of the questions. You know, Greg was able to kind of get everybody on the same page. Could Al Golden be a guy with those relationships who could pull all the different areas of New Jersey, the different kind of football cultures together and get them operating on the same page? I don't think Al doesn't seem to be a serious candidate at this point. I think Al's a guy who likes coaching in the NFL, from what I've been told, but he would certainly listen to Rutgers or BC or any other big Power Five program in the Northeast that was willing to pay him enough that he would leave the NFL. Um, I do think Rutgers should look at him because I think that he isn't Greg, but he might be able to bring some of those Greg-like qualities with a different approach. <clears throat> All right, next one. Uh, would Buffalo coach Lance and I am I pronouncing this wrong? Leap, Leapold, Leapold. I think it's Leapold. Leapold. Would Lance Leapold's name be mentioned for the Rutgers job if he didn't embarrass Rutgers last year? He's fifteen and nineteen in the MAC, zero and two this year. Sarge, what I mean, you know, this is another guy. Obviously, he had great success in Wisconsin at Division three level. But what I mean, you know, what what am I missing here? What does he bring to the table other than the fact that he had a pretty good Mac team last year that absolutely curb stomped the Scarlet Knights? The way he was put to me was he is, uh, and it's basketball, though so, uh, we might be tuning out some of, of our football audience, but you know, he's like a John Beeline type guy who, who, um, you know, if John Beeline has similar, you know, he won at the, at, you know, at, at the Division three level and was a great coach at that level. The guy can coach is, is basically what people think. They, you know, and then you see what he's done at Buffalo. Uh, you're right. I mean, they're two and four right now. They lost to overtime this past week, uh, but they were ten and four a year ago. Um, they won their uh, their their division in the MAC. Uh, the MAC has has proven to, uh, to be a pretty good breeding ground uh, in general for 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 head coaches. 
and um, he might be at the the, the next guy, you know, uh, at the max level. And I think the feeling is from a Rutgers insider standpoint that maybe you get him, you know, on you know on his way up, you know, kind of like a Steve Peichel. That's the vibe. Um, you know, I don't know whether or not he's going to win the press conference ultimately, but um, I, the people who I who I know who are close to him all think that he can coach. It's just not coaching. I get it. There's just not a lot of juice there. I guess that's what I we come back to the other 16 things that Rutgers has to check off box wise for a head coach. That I don't know if he gets if he gets a lot of those just because of you know it's just a very. It seems like he personally and I'm you know again I've only been around him a little bit. I've only seen him a little bit. But he's not not exactly going to fire people up. So I I don't know if that's uh, <clears throat> that's going to be the answer or not. All right. So next question. Uh, this is from our friend Kevin Fine, f- friend of the podcast. Maybe we'll see him in Indianapolis uh, this weekend. Uh, Dad called. He wanted to know if it was such a crazy idea, if things fall through, to get both Campaniles and let them run with it. I, I mean, obviously bringing Anthony back from uh, from Michigan. Hey, why why stop there? We can bring Vito in from Bergen Catholic. Cratch. I mean, how many Campaniles are there? Is there anybody else in the family, like a sister who can uh, – you know, do do the do the fifty fifty at the game. What like the entire the entire family? Uh, what do you think? Uh, awesome? Nick Nick is the offensive yeah. coordinator at DePaul High, I believe. Okay. He's, he's right. the guy There's to no get way. a job. All right. Um, he probably I would maybe he maybe he would go to BC and replace Vito. Is there a Campanile oh. who just like has a job in accounting or something? Ed, is it Ed, is it Ed Campanile? <laughs> 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 I don't believe so. no I Greg, just remember, Greg Brown just fired Ed from accounting, so he's looking for a job. <laughs> Ed needs a job, so it's perfect. It all works out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Does it make a mistake? Christ, is this? And I, I looked at this again. I think that Nunzio has done a, a, a good job in explaining things. I like his honesty. I think he's great at the podium. I, I thought the game plan, given the hand he was dealt, was pretty good. I still think he's too raw to be head coach at a Big Ten school. Do you disagree? I, I mean, I think he, he's a big, he is a head coach at Big Ten School. That's the thing. Like, like, you know, like he's the head coach. Like, that's, I, I think that's a very important thing is that, you know, Rutgers needs to treat him as, like, when I, I remember when I covered the Giants when they fired McAdoo, you know, Steve Spagnol acted like he was a substitute teacher. Right. You know, like, I, I don't know, like, oh, Landon Collins called Eli Apple cancer on the radio. I don't know about that. I, they probably were just kidding around. Like, no, they weren't. Like, be the coach, run the program, run the show. Yeah, um, yeah. Nunzio is doing that. Like he's taking charge. He is not trying to do the, I just work here act. Um, so I think that's a very positive thing. I mean, I think that's another thing interesting too, is that I think a lot of people always thought that it, when Rutgers moved out from Ash, it would definitely, and this has been the case so far, they're interested in hiring a coach with head coaching experience. But I think people always figured Anthony was like maybe the one exception to that rule. But now it's like by making Nunzio the interim coach, it kind of complicates the path to directly bring Anthony back as the head coach too. So I would think that if, if they're going to go with that plan, as Kevin Fine stat suggested, it's not crazy, but it probably requires Nunzio to be the head coach permanently. And I think the, that path there is a pretty crazy one. Right, right. <laughs> All right. So many, uh, so many more questions just coming in as we're talking. Um, Dave Clawson, does that name mean Wake Forest coach? Sorry, New York native. Yeah, New York native. New York. Um, yeah. Again, we're talking about winning press conferences, and not that yeah. that matters because pre- uh, you have the opening press conference, and uh, you know if the guy can coach, he can coach. I, I, I just think that there's other guys who would be ahead of him on my list. So I have not heard anything. And to be fair, fair, I've not heard anything of substance with Dave Clawson behind the scenes. Right. I believe he got an extension last year through like 2026. 
Um, and Wake Forest has got some money, so you're probably looking at a pretty prohibitive buy. Yeah. They're doing great right now. Is, is, uh, right now, five and zero, oh, and you know, uh, top twenty five program right now. They're doing great. It could be hard to to to, to pry pry loose, I would think. Is Bob Serace off the list? Another name that came up. No, charge? Is he no I, I think there's uh, some some people behind the scenes who are intrigued uh, by him. The more you do digging on him, he's a Jersey guy. I think uh, you know Jersey centric staff. Um, and I, I I think a lot of people uh, like his offenses. That you know they've had a lot of success offensively. He's, he's recruited some pretty good quarterbacks. He recruited a quarterback who was like a four star nationally rated recruit. Um, and <laughs> Another also another guy who went went to Duke and then has gone on to some fame with the New York Giants. So yeah, that yep. guy on campus. And more than there, anything, yeah. I think uh, it, it's uh, you know the the analytics that they do over Princeton. He's just a really you know go figure. He's a Princeton grad and you know he's at Princeton. But yes. you know by all indications, people are intrigued. I think you'll get a phone call. All right. All right. Some some personnel questions really quick. We talked about a little bit, but one of the texters want to know, uh, any changes will come on the defensive side? I mean, we all know about the offensive problems, but the defense did not have many good moments. Cratch, can they really can they do anything differently? I think they should play Trey Avery more, a cornerback. Um, okay. you know, those corners have struggled this year, and Avery played pretty well in the first half when Avery Young was sitting out because of the, the targeting penalty suspension. Um, I just think they should – you're going to have to continue to blitz more, I think, you know, the defensive line, I thought, looked better than it has. I thought Mike Turdov, you know, who got dinged up. It looked like he was at practice yesterday on, on Sunday. Um, he, I thought he played pretty well. You know, Wellington Prevalon had a sack. I, I think that the biggest issue they're going to have is just their back seven, I just think, which they thought was going to be a strength of the team, I, I don't think it's played terribly well. I know Andy Book got kind of pointed with me when I asked him how the linebackers have played this year. Um, but I, I just think, you know, you look at some of those big plays against Maryland, it was just linebackers got beat. And, you know, maybe Maryland just has guys and they just have matchups that Rutgers can't account for. But Ohio State, Penn State, like, they're going to have those matchups too. So I think that there's only some – there really isn't much they can do. They have what they have at this point. And honestly, you know, as I wrote in the film review, these, you know, bad tackling, you know, lack of talent, lack of depth, uh, they're Chris Ash's problems that yep. Andy Boo now has to kind of muddle through for the next seven games. All right, one more from the text texters. The whole McLean Carter disappearance is kind of mysterious. Is he even on campus? Is he in New Jersey? It's just kind of crazy that the starting quarterback was here and gone. Sarge, I guess. I mean, concussions are serious things, but it, you're right. It it does, and I, I wondered the same thing. Uh, There's certainly not. Uh, it just it it you know. Is there more to this story that we don't know? Um, the the quick answer right now is no. Um, concussions are serious and. There's different grades and uh, uh, different levels of, of, of concussions, as everyone knows. Um, right. Concussions are the same. Um, he is still, uh, by all indications, still attending school. Um, there's more to it. We're going to poke mm-hmm. around. Uh, but, you know, as far as I know, I, I can't say that there's anything uh, more to it right now. All right. Predictions. Um, so <laughs> there are very few moments when I have thought – you know, let me mortgage the house, clean out my 401k, uh, and place a bet on a football game. Uh, when I found when we when the news broke that Blackshear wasn't playing, Maryland broke, minus twelve and a half where did, where was one of those moments. Though, by the way, Politi. <laughs> news broke on NJ.com backslash text. Yes, it did. Your text service, Rutgers Insider. That's where it broke. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just sitting in the press box, like, how can I? Who do I know in Vegas that I could wire? 
you know, 20 grand to. It just didn't seem like that was that 12 and a half points was just way too low. So Vegas said, you know what? We're going to double it against Indiana. And I'm still thinking it's too low, 25 and a half. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel. Let's, let's go right to it. I mean, Cratch, what do you think? My Indiana minus 25 and a half. You know, where do you stand on this one? If I were a betting man, and of course I, I'm not, I would be very wary about that line just because I feel like that line has tremendous backdoor Rutgers cover potential. Yeah, yeah. Just because I it, look, Indiana is going to score points, but they also give up a lot of points. Right. So you know, I could see it. You know, it being you know forty. You know, I'm trying to do the math in my head, but I could totally see like a thirty to thirty-seven to seven game becoming 37 to 14 on the last play of the game or something or 30 37 to 13 you know this Rutgers scores a touchdown on the last play of the game and, it, and it's 24 points something like right. that I feel like there's this backdoor potential with that uh what's your score are you gonna pick what, what do you got oh man I haven't thought about this I don't really think about these much I'm going to say uh trying to do the math in my head I will go 42 14 so what is that let me do the Fourteen. Yeah, I don't know. That is, that's so. That's not. A, that's a cover, right? That's a cover. No, that's, do the that's math. Twenty-eight point. That's twenty-eight points. So yeah, yeah, I guess I'm going. I guess I'm going with the. Uh, I'm going with the Hoosiers right. then. Right. No. Uh, 40, right. 42, 14. Sarge. Yeah. Um, Forty. Forty to to ten. Forty to ten. I didn't tell you who, 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 who I thought was going to win. Right? By the way, you didn't ask me who was going to win. I just gave you the score. Yeah. Uh-huh. Would, right. do, yeah. Okay. You're not making this trip, by the way. So I'm banned. The only thing I predict. I'm only thing I predict. Right. The only thing I predict is a long, long chain of photos of me with a succulent piece of shrimp from St. Elmo's Steakhouse <laughs> on a fork entering my mouth. That's all I predict. Is you're just gonna sit. You'll be sitting there Saturday night. You're gonna be like, or sort of whatever. Saturday night when the game's over and Crash and I are. Are getting down to dinner. You're going to be sitting there doing whatever you're doing back home, and I'm going to just make sure your phone's with you so you can get that text. Um, all right. So forty, say forty to ten. Uh, you know, I'm looking at it now, and I just, you know, Indiana's zero and two in the Big Ten, but they obviously Ohio State and Mrs. and Michigan State. So there was the two real losses. They put they scored thirty one points on the Michigan State defense, which is relatively impressive. Any, then, you know, they've played some teams like Connecticut, uh, Ball State, EIU. I don't know what that stands for. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't. Again, I, I just think this offense, unless someone breaks up a big run or they have a big play like the trick play, I don't see it scoring any points. I'm just going to go with your routine 38 nothing Indiana victory. It's just, I just don't have a lot of faith in Johnny Langan on the road. Uh, and I've seen better teams go to Indiana and come out with that same result. So we're stuck. All right. That's what we got here. Uh, anything else? What am I missing? What else? Scratch? Any anything else going on? I got nothing. You got nothing. Yeah, Sorry. A nice anything? little uh, Rodkin uh, ceremony. The the, uh, the the topping off. That oh, yeah. was uh, right, that right. that was uh, you know a good deal. That 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 building seems to be right on schedule to be opened in December 2020. Um, and you know beyond that, I, Steve Peichel, uh, you know, seems to uh, you know I I had one prominent donor who who caught a. Uh, practice the other day who texted me right off the bat he goes i think we're a bubble team so um we'll, we'll yeah i'm i'm probably gonna try to stop by there tomorrow and uh, uh see him for the first time so uh you know all good stuff 
You're doing what I used to do when I covered Duke way back in like, you know, in the, in the 30s. Uh, it was like you got to a point, and I covered an 0-11 Duke football season. You got to a point in Duke football season where like you were just looking for any excuse. So like the moment the first basketball hit the ground at Cameron Indoor Stadium, you're like, I'm going to wander over there and just you know, talk to some of the players. Uh, so that's a, that's a good philosophy. I think that's a smart – you're a smart man, Keith Sargent. You, you, know how you might be the things. first person who, who has called me a smart man. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I got you. Oh, you know what? I uh, should add this since Sarge mentioned hoops. I happened to walk back with Steve Peichel from the Rodkin ceremony to uh, the stadium. Now, that's an experience. <laughs> you got you know, Peichel saying hi to everybody, you know, telling the cheerleaders good luck. You got fans running up to him, high-fiving him. Everyone's screaming his name. Uh, you know, it felt like I was walking with the president. You know, <laughs> not just for the president necessarily, but a president. Yeah. He could run for mayor. You could. All right, guys. Th- thanks. Enjoyed it this week. As always, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, hope your Saturday goes better than last Saturday. Signing off. We'll be back next week to talk about it. Take care. Take care.